0: You're listening to another great podcast in the Mymac Podcasting Network. Tech fan Podcast number 449. I am Tim Robertson and he is I'm David Cohen. I missed my cue. Well, I just thought you were like confused about who you were for a second there. I
1: well, mean, I've to, got but... I've got
0: I've got video proof of who you are now. So, <laughs> can't use excuses anymore, buddy.
1: No, if um, if things go wrong today, then it's all my fault for this crazy suggestion that I made.
0: Well, I mean, partially, is, it's partially you wanted to switch over to video while we chat.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to be able to see your beautiful face, obviously.
0: <laughs> so we're at, we are doing that, and we are doing. Um, we were going to do Zoom. We tried that, and quite honestly, the quality of video was way better on Zoom but we because i'm stupid um switch over to facebook live so we're broadcasting live on facebook as we record this we have been for a little bit and um guy Searle from the MyMac podcast is actually in the room right now somebody else is too but i don't know who um <clears throat> so we're recording live but we're not it's we're not doing a live show i mean i guess we're doing a live show but that's not going to be the focus now or going no. forward. Although, um, <clears throat> we may start doing some of that. Uh, and what I mean by mm. that is we may eventually start pushing out a live show on both Facebook and YouTube. Um, probably not right. Twitch. Because, you know. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, if if that's the case, I need to take off this fat face mask that I wear all the time. The one with the bald head. And actually show you what I really look like. No,
0: I think you should wear a Chewbacca (laughs) face mask. I think that would work much better.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: I'm going to get a Princess Leia one. I think that would be fun, having a Princess Leia mask the whole time. It'd be confusing as hell to a lot of people who don't know us, but (laughs) I have no problem with that. So let's start... um, because quite honestly, David thought we were doing Geeks Pub this week, and I was like, well, "No, it's not." <laughs> he literally had to go check. He'd, he had no idea. <laughs> There's not really a lot going on in tech right now. It's the beginning of February, uh, 2021. The pandemic is over finally. Wait, no, it's not. Uh, yeah. Crap. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Um, oh, did I? Now
1: everyone's now. Everyone's starting to realize that That's the pandemic my... is going to.
0: Yeah, you can finally see my little watch holder see it looks like a little imac
1: yeah yeah you need yeah um i think the pandemic everyone is starting to realize they thought it would start to be over by now they're realizing it's not it's just getting worse if anything
0: Mm. it's not getting worse because there are people getting vaccinated now um the road to recovery is here but it's not going to be a quick road. It's more like, you know, a feeder road to the highway. It's not, we're not on the highway yet, but we're getting better.
1: It's getting better. I'm not even sure sure it's a feeder road to the highway. I think we're on a dirt track that leads down to the feeder road,
0: but it is getting better. Now cases are probably still going to go up for a while, but I think it is going to get better. And I think it is getting better for some people. And, um, As long as we're diligent, and that's the problem, we're not being diligent, um, everything's going to be a okay, But it's going to take a little bit of time. People have to be patient, and, you know, if there's one thing we know, those in the Western world um, are very patient.
1: Yeah, of course, we'll wait ages for everything, and we're calm and considered and um, rational all the time as well, so Mm -hmm. that's good.
0: So we should be fine. No problem at all. Yeah we got a couple of topics we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about um, Jeff Bezos stepping down as the leader of Amazon. We're going to talk about um, the whole GameStop stock thing. And we also are returning to our wiki trolling, which we used to do this all the time on TechFan. And it kind of fell off for the last year, maybe two. Um, but we're going to try to get back into that. I think the biggest problem with wiki trolling, David, is coming up with topics. You think it'd yeah. be easy? You just go to, take you know, randomly pick a thing on on um, Wikipedia, but I don't know. You've had one on there for since we started wiki trolling for MIT, yep. but MIT mm-hmm. is such a, a a big topic. I'd almost rather have someone come on and, and who maybe works there or is way better knowledgeable wise than we are with MIT because they mm-hmm. don't want to do it a disservice. Um, okay, But we picked Bose this week because I don't care if I do them a disservice. <laughs> I've always just not been happy with Bose. But let's start with um, you know, I think everybody has talked about the whole GameStop and shortening the stock and it being rescued and Let's start there. What's your take on this? Or bring it's, there are some people who probably have never heard about it. They don't let, pay attention, but it's kind of it was everywhere. Yeah. So I can't imagine too many of those people.
1: Yeah, I, I mean it's it's the sort of thing that in, particularly in times of crisis like this, it gets picked up because it is an alternate story to um, the regular doom and gloom. But yeah, the apparently I I didn't really, I've never really understood what shorting is until this happened. But uh, apparently, there's a whole load of hedge funds that have a what's called a short position on stocks that are they think are going to go down, and this is how they make money: they borrow the stock of somebody else, and then they sell it off, and then buy it when the stock price reduces, and make and basically pocket the difference. I think right. that's how, kind of how shorting works. And, so that's um, the basics of it, yes. Yeah. Uh, so that so there's a there's a group on Reddit, a subreddit called Wall Street Bets. Uh, which is is kind of does what it says on the tin. If you ever had the misfortune to go in there for a start, you'll find you can barely understand what's going on because they use all this Jarring. colloquial lingo. Yeah, yeah, but they they basically they are a group of kind of sports gambling like day traders, and uh, they decided that they didn't like the fact that hedge funds were making positions on taking short positions on gamestop which is a because of the pandemic is a you know is a a company that's been hammered for many many years but is now really getting hammered because nobody's in the stores and and what have you yeah the switch over to physical game distributions going digital
0: yeah it's their their entire business model is going bye-bye and unless they change the focus of what they do at GameStop which they very well could, but let's be honest, that would take a lot of forethinking, And I don't think the upper echelon of management at GameStop has that kind of fortitude or intelligence. Uh, I can say that because I've dealt with some of them in the past, but they weren't the company that owns them actually started up a Mac reseller, an Apple reseller company. And that's how I know them. And, uh, yeah, they they weren't the smartest cookies that I've dealt with in the past.
1: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, what these guys decided to do is they wanted to poke it, poke these hedge funds in the eye by basically encouraging themselves and many of their friends to buy up GameStop stock. the the real I think the real focus of it was they were convinced that um, the hedge funds had had basically taken a short position of more than a hundred percent of the stock. So basically, they were betting on on So They they thought that these guys had, had borrowed more stock than was actually available or committed more funds than was actually available. And they thought that was apparently beyond the pale. So they decided to poke these guys in the eye. Because if you have a short position and the stock goes up, you basically can lose a lot of money very quickly because you have to give those loans of stock back at the price it is when the guy asks for it back. And if the stock has gone up high, you lose a packet of money. Yeah, and so at that's least what one did. hedge
0: fund went under, if I'm not mistaken, because of it. Another right. one was bailed yeah. out.
1: Yeah. but so, so they all piled in on this stock, but then it got more complicated because most of them were using these free day trading services where you don't get charged uh, for the trades themselves. The companies make money by selling information on the trades to other companies who can then modify their own positions. Because uh, the stock market is all like that now. Right. Um, and and then it got controversial because some of these guys who uh, – Robin Hood in particular, RobinHood.com, who claimed to be about democratizing stock trading, then said, well, we're going to democratically stop you from buying any of this, more, more of this stock. Um, but we're not going to stop any hedge funds buying it. We're just going to stop individuals well, buying it. Well, no, they – so, yeah,
0: but they also said that they, you could sell and – in essence, they were helping the hedge funds by saying, you can still sell it, you just can't buy it, guys. So if you already own yeah, we, 300 uh, shares, you can
1: still sell it, we're just not going to let you buy any anymore. Which, I, I don't, how that fails to to be treated as a stock market manipulation, I don't really know. But um, that's what I mean, we did. No, and
0: but hold on a second, though. Isn't buying and selling stocks itself a manipulation? I mean... The whole shortening of a stock is a stock manipulation.
1: I I completely agree with you. When I first first looked into exactly what short stock uh, short position stock holding was, I thought to myself, I don't understand how this is legal. You are you are you're making a bet on stock you don't own. It, it, I don't understand how how short selling is is allowed at all. It seems to me to be blatant stock market manipulation, but apparently I, it's legal.
0: It, it's also really cruel in that. The one good movie that we have on this um, is called Other People's Money, mm-hmm. and they got Danny DeVito, who's very short. <laughs> I mean, that's not right.
1: No, I. And you ever I'm see that movie? Yeah, I've not seen the movie, but I. I oh, have um, so never, never seen the other work of Danny money? DeVito. Oh,
0: it's so good it's so good I mean it's unrealistic there's this very hot lady at this company and she's the daughter of the owner and she's going to try to save the company the ending is dumb and he's this short little toad I mean he's not attractive on any level um, and I would know uh, you yeah um, you looking she's at me now so a good ad- comparison she's eerily attracted to him and there's this it's stupid but the movie itself is really good
1: yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The um I I frequently get told I look like Danny DeVito, which is obviously extremely flattering.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, put your camera up higher so, you know.
0: Cuz I'm like looking at you, well, so was looking down the top goes, of my oh. head. Well, I mean more of a straight on view. Like my, I'm using my phone yeah, instead of the uh, IMAX built-in camera, and it's sitting yeah. on an empty coffee can to bring it up. Otherwise, you'd be right. looking up, and generally, yeah. when you get a video and you're looking upward like that, it's not a good look.
1: Well, I, I'm on it works my iPad, for you, which is works for you. which is which is up on my monitor stand, so it is raised up. But then, not not tall enough for me, even though I'm very short. Guy Cyril yeah. says
0: he always takes the tall position. <laughs> There, That works I'll better. I just dropped yeah, so, drop
1: my chair down. So now we can see right <laughs> up your stairs there. That looks good. At the, at the garbage bin, which
0: is awesome.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, That's a recycling bin, thank you. Yeah, anybody watching the this video,
0: um, or next week when we record uh, Geeks Pub, uh, just go to Facebook and you'll be able to watch the, us live video of this and you can see my background, which is all retro video game <laughs> stuff. It's kind of ridiculous, isn't
1: it? See my 80s boom box up here? Yep. I love that. Well, thing. I can't. It's behind my video window, but yes, I saw it before.
0: Yeah. The speakers are detachable. I used to take them off and... Oh,
1: here. Come here. You want to see the new
0: cat? This is the new cat. Hello, cat. He's nice. Great no, she's audi- nice.
1: Great audio, this. Oh, right my
0: face. She uh, she likes to get into a lot of mischief. Yeah. So if you hear something crash, that's what it is. So I understand why people were sh- short, you know, trying to fight the short. Um, somehow it kind of became we're going to save GameStop, which is stupid. Um, <laughs> well, well, you, you, who are you helping? You know? We don't want this company to what? go away. Well, then stop buying digital copies of video games and go to GameStop and buy something. It's yeah. stupid. They no, no, These guys, that they try to make it sound like this is what it's turning into. We're going to save GameStop. And then they started doing the same thing with AMC Theaters. You know, yeah. the they went after the short sellers for AMC. And AMC's stock started going up big time uh, to the point where... AMC actually sold some of their own stock, pocketed the profits, and it looks like they are going to be saved um, for about a year. so if we come out of the pandemic and movie theaters open up, AMC is actually in pretty good position now because of it um, Well they didn't I, do yeah, that at gamestop a- gamestop didn't buy a whole bunch of their own shares, turn around and sell it whenever the price was high and then pocketed and profited the business to put it back into the business. that's what AMC did. Yeah. If anything the idiots at GameStop would have just sold their stock and then gave themselves bonuses cuz they're f- fucking idiots. Um so there's that.
1: Yeah. Uh I I guess I I as I understand it if you have a a better stock price then you can borrow against that and that means you can maintain funds that way as well. But the problem with GameStop in particular is that everybody knows that stock's going to go back down to where it was again, which is about $12 a share. Yeah, right. so because these- because the fundamentals of the business are not enough to bring people in to invest and hold the stock, which is what keeps the price high. Right, which is what yeah? you said. and you a, know these Reddit guys are going to get bored. Yeah, yeah, the Reddit guys are going to get bored and move on to something else, and uh, and then the stock will drop again.
0: Yeah, well, and that's no different than the the people who buy and sell stock, you know. They buy yeah. something, they get bored with it, they sell it because they got bored with it because the profitability is gone. So then they moved on to something
1: else. Yeah,
0: as long as the money's there, they're very interested. It's weird, I know. Mm. It's about money. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um,
1: <laughs> I guess it it's gonna it's gonna drive the hedge funds away from this sort of thing for a while, which no, probably helps weak it. stocks like that because, um, you know, if you're being short sold against then then that is kind of you're beginning the death spiral
0: that is true i mean if more and more companies decide or hedge funds decide you know we're going to stop shorting short term it could be a good thing but i don't think they're going to if if they detect a company in peril and they can make a buck they're going to short it just the way it is they don't
1: think long-term the, the, way. No, well, well, short. The whole point about shorting is it's a short. It's a short money grab. Exactly. But like, what they'll do is they'll go and move off to companies that geeks have never heard of, who who, who won't, you know, uh, won't rally against the stock. That's the only thing.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. there's a couple of people at work who do stock trading, and it's just not interesting to me.
1: Well, it is legalized gambling. I mean, that's all it is. Because the well, whole point about some the respects, stock market, I mean, is you are not gonna, meant to,
0: I mean, you can in, in, in making an investment is different than gambling.
1: Yeah, well, day, yeah but day trading is gambling because you are basically you are you are your yourself taking a, a not a long term position on various different things, and I hope they will go up, and then you cash out when they go up. It is basically gambling.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, day traders uh, also fact, do shorts.
1: The the, uh, the the thing about day trading as well, it, well, any type of stock market trading is you're actually not allowed to get too much information about the stocks you're investing in, otherwise it becomes insider trading. So you know if you're doing it just on the basis of the, oh well this might go up that might go up it is effectively gambling.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I the stock market has brought a lot of wealth to a lot of people, including everyday people, when you have a 401k, you're playing the stock market. I'm in the stock market because yep. that's where my 401k is. So investing in, in investing in the future of not just the stocks in there, but the economy as a whole, um, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that it does help create wealth, but there needs to be more regulation in it. I think it is rife as we well know. Um, In fact, the movie The Big Short kind of really points this out that there's so much manipulation and theft going on and then when someone or someones, if you will, um, breaks the law or manipulates it so much that it causes a massive crash, there has to be consequences and it's been shown that there are zero consequences uh, on a institutional basis you know after the big crash in 2008 9 10 yeah um there was no consequences at all in fact no you know other than a couple businesses going under and big ones don't get me wrong um the people who came out of it those financial institutions actually got bonuses and stuff yeah That's disgusting.
1: Well, yeah, they were bailed out by the governments of the world because we couldn't afford... All the politicians said we couldn't afford to have our financial systems crash. So the businesses were bailed out, um, and the executives got away scot-free. Not only that, that they got got bonuses. Yeah, well, the ones that got bailed out got bonuses for uh, being seen to be strong enough to be bailed out.
0: Well, they got bonuses because... The company said, well, if we don't give them bonuses, they may leave and go to a a competitor. Yeah. Um, Guy Guy Searle in the chat room is saying, the problem with shortening isn't shorting per se. It's when the same trader starts pushing a narrative to push the stock down just so they can make money at the expense of the company. That is true as well. That is pretty much uh, stock market manipulation, isn't it? It's not insider trading because you buy a whole bunch of stocks. You want it to go down. You still start posting everywhere man this this company's going under they're yeah they're gonna go i I, i've heard rumors that they're gonna go bankrupt in two weeks and all of a sudden everyone starts selling their stocks yeah Mm -hmm. well isn't that the whole world though people are saying that's the whole thing (laughs) people are saying if you're gonna buy a toyota you should talk to tim robertson that's i'm just saying people are saying
1: that there are some people saying that yeah there are other people saying other things about tim robertson but we won't go there
0: we won't post those We have to keep it clean uh on the last episode of tech fan i discussed finally getting a computer made an offer they accepted finally getting a computer that i've wanted for a long time it's an awful computer just a piece of crap but it was the first computer I ever owned. Do you and have I a short
1: position of, on that computer, I, Tim?
0: Yes, I do. <laughs> um, you know, I made a, a buy-it-now offer, which after shipping was, I think it was, like what, what did I say, 70 bucks, 80 bucks, something like that. Um, yeah. was way less than I've been seeing these things go for a while. And I won. Well, I finally showed up, David. I, I sent you a little video. I'm holding it up for the... Mm-hmm. This thing comes off right here, because that's where the game cartridges go, if you get game cartridges. Uh, it is the Aquarius. Yep. Um, it's heavier than I remember. To believe it or not. It's got a lot of weight to it. I was expecting it to be just all plastic and not very good, but...
1: No, well, the, the, it was heavy. designed in the 70s. The 70s, they designed stuff oh, It's an 80s, it's an 80s
0: design computer.
1: No, yeah, but that, if you read the Wikipedia page for the uh, Aquarius... It, the thing was designed in the seventies. That's mm. one of the reasons why it did so poorly, is because it was so behind the times even when it launched. And even internally at Mattel, they it was designed by the same guys who did the Intellivision in uh, China um, or Taiwan or something I forget. And uh, and inside Mattel, um, they uh, people were laughing at it, and they called the computer called it the system from the seventies. Ah, uh, well, so
0: people that make it, if they're laughing about it, you know it's bad. I mean,
1: they're like, why are they making this piece of crap? I I still don't in some way haven't ploughed it up and turned it on, though.
0: Dude, I'm scared to turn this on. I'm scared to plug it in. It's never been plugged in. I mean, the power cable, which is connected. I mean, this thing, the power brick, getting used to the camera, weighs half of what the computer itself does. Um, Well,
1: yeah, again, 70s.
0: Yeah, well but it's it's hardwired into the system usually even in the 70s that the,
1: the power cable was plug yeah. Socket, yeah
0: so that's kind of weird so i know this has never been used because it still has a little plastic grommet thing no it's not plastic some kind of a material i don't know what it is but it's on the plug so you know it's never been plugged in uh it came with all the manuals here's the question though should i fill out the registration card
1: <laughs> Wonder what would happen. Uh I don't know. And the reason they're rare is because they're only on the market for about three, four months. Yep.
0: Well so, this was brand uh, new in the box. Now the box didn't hold up as well. You could see the box in the video uh, over my left shoulder. Um I was right. just gonna throw it away, but I just threw it on top of my super Pac Man machine. Because I feel I feel kind of weird about just tossing it in the garbage. Because it is a yeah, rare well, box.
1: Yeah, I know. I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't do that. I mean, I, I'm i one of these weird people. Anything I buy nowadays, I keep the box. I don't. Not because not because I think that one day it's going to be worth a, a large amount of money, but I just figure if I ever resell it, it's useful to have the box for it.
0: Yeah. You know, I still have delusions of grandeur in that I'm going to win the lotto, I'm going to buy a big mansion, I'm going to have one room, well, maybe rooms, uh, set up that I can actually, you know, show these things.
1: Do you yes, play the lotto
0: though? Yeah, occasionally. Not I buy occasionally. I buy my tickets right. online. Right, this is but what if it you've Christmas. got to
1: play, it, you've got to play it more than occasionally to uh, to win it. I know.
0: Well, no. Yeah. You you could play it occasionally and win. It. I could play it one time and hit the. I don't think my chances go down a whole lot if I only play once a month as opposed to playing twice a week.
1: Uh, well, I think your chances—you for every time there's a draw and you're not in, you haven't bought a ticket, your chances zero. for that draw are zero.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I buy mine online. Um, the Michigan Lotto. I'll go up there and I'll buy, you know, the state's Lotto and then the national one, and then go to bed that night, dreaming I'm—I I'm, might hit it this
1: time. Um, That's the beauty of a lottery. The beauty of a lottery is everyone's a winner until they draw. You guys have a lot us? We do, yeah. We have a a national lottery here. Yeah. Yeah. Difference with ours is that if you win the lottery here, you don't have to pay tax on the winnings. So it's it's quite more valuable. And that's actually also it should be. Yeah. And there's also a European lottery that we can also enter as well on that. I mean, some people have won like 140, 150 million euro on that. That'd be nice. Yeah,
0: well, can you still do it with? Yeah, Brexit? but
1: again, no taxes. Yeah, uh, um, yes, I believe so. Yeah, you shouldn't be I'm allowed pretty, to. Pretty sure. Yeah,
0: shouldn't be allowed to. <laughs> if you guys get a pull out of the European Union, you should be immediately disqualified for the lotto. So, I mean, so that, that I, I don't know fair. how
1: much I don't know. Here's here's a funny here's your funny Brexit story of the week. Uh, I don't know how much n- news reporting this has got in the states, but. Um, Europe was very late in signing their contract for vaccines, Um, and um, what happened was that the company, AstraZeneca, the company was going to supply the vaccines, has factories on in Europe to produce the vaccines, and those factories have not been producing as much vaccine as they thought they would. So they told Europe they were going to be late on the delivery. And they said, um, you know, you're only going to get half, half the vaccine you ordered in the first quarter of this year. And the Europe turned around and said, well, hang on a minute, you've got factories in Britain and they've got plenty of vaccines, so you you just need to send that over. And AstraZeneca went, well, we've sold that to the British. Um, and Europe went, well, we don't care. We've got a contract. <laughs> Funny enough. And it very briefly escalated to them starting to put tariffs on vaccines at the borders until wiser heads prevailed within europe and uh and pulled that back but there was this frisson of what they call schadenfreude between uh between the british people looking over europe because they gave us a kind of a hard time in signing a deal when we uh, when we left
0: <laughs> yes i remember that is kind of funny it's ironic to be honest yeah um the governmental yeah. at least here and it sounds like in europe as well um the response has and and just from a leadership point of view in many many countries has been piss poor um obviously here in the u.s there was it was non-existent leadership um for the hmm. for almost a full year uh we'll see if the new administration's any better they are actually holding briefings again about covid and they seem to have a plan but whether that plan works or not is you know we'll see I'm not going to count on yeah. anything, but it just seems to me that there are some very smart people in the world and nobody in leadership positions let those people run with it. And, yeah. uh, if there's anything that we learn after, you know, millions of deaths because of this worldwide, um, m- maybe this is something we should take seriously going forward. And it's not like we didn't yeah. have any I-
1: warning signs. Exactly. I mean, that that's the thing I hope, is that all of the um, set-up that's been, been established for this pandemic, I hope it's not just all dismantled when we think it's over, it, because this will happen again. Yes. And and the next one might be worse, might be a lot worse. It might be, uh, you know, more like an Ebola pandemic rather than a, a coronavirus yeah, pandemic. Yeah, the one that and, you
0: get and you're dead within you know, 48 hours.
1: Exactly. Or, uh, you know, the the fabled zombie apocalypse we've all been looking forward to for years. Guy um, Searle so, in particular
0: has been waiting for the I mean he he practiced <laughs> with so many video games yeah. especially on iOS uh, about zombies for so long that I think he's going to be disappointed if it never actually happens <laughs> I heard a rumor we're talking about Guy Searle from the MyMac podcast I heard a rumor that the moment he heard uh, about COVID he, he started getting a little excited if you know what I mean he thought this was it you know And people
1: he, are saying he's, he started he's bolting all these weird things to in his, his car yeah.
0: he, he put this big brush guard on the front with spikes on his car and stuff uh, yeah. he was broadcasting from his car just look looking for these zombie COVID people and then it turns out people, that yeah. you know it, it didn't happen he's people still very saying disappointed that he, yeah,
1: people are saying that he has a baseball bat with a name <laughs>
0: Betty Betty his is Betty. So, anyways. Let's, Betty the Batty. Betty the Batty. Batty, batty. Um, batty I, Betty. Batty, Betty, Crushy Scully. Uh, anyways, let's talk about uh, the Bose Corporation, our wiki trolling yeah. page of. Speaking of ba- this hitting episode. things
1: with baseball bats.
0: Well, you know, here's the thing. Bose started out in 1964 and yeah. you got to give it some credit. There's very little, um, do you call them an electronics company? I mean, at this point they're a speaker company in headphones yeah. and it's not just headphones that you wear on your head. It's not just, um, home speakers there. They also provide speakers to auto manufacturers. So if there's audio involved bose is has a presence there and i challenge anybody to find um any company from 1964 that's still doing strong in today's modern day i mean that's a long
1: time to still be in business isn't it wouldn't you agree uh, it is it, it definitely is and i i think for a start, I, well, I think for context, we've got to remember that anybody doing specialist electronics in the '60s, yeah, would, was doing. It had to be the state of the art, high end stuff back then. There was no commoditization of electric electronics in the '60s, no. so whatever they might be today, back then they were they were a high end audio company. Um, and, yeah, they've made some very smart investments and have uh, and been very protective of their brand over the years, which I think is one of the reasons they're successful, because they've kept the brand awareness and also they, the kind of brand halo of them being upmarket going. So the
0: guy you know. who started it, Amar Bose, um, his interest in speaker systems had begun in 1956 when he purchased the stereo system, and was disappointed with its performance. Um, Must have been a Microsoft one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The purpose of the company was to develop speaker system which used multiple speakers aimed at the surrounding walls to reflect the sound and replicate the sound of a concert hall. And at the end of the day, that's kind of what every speaker is supposed to do. At least... But you got to remember back in the 50s, the recorded music was still uh, a way different as an industry than it is today. Um, most people, yeah. when you're talking about concerts, we're talking about symphonies and stuff like that. And if there was a concert, yeah. it was in a symphony hall. And listening to it at home was supposed to replicate what it sounds like in person. Uh, the fifties was the very beginning of buying a record because of the record itself. You know what I mean? That yeah. the, the the commodity was the record. Then, up until that point, it really wasn't. And to have the foresight to to start a company and and to get that interest initially and in better reproducing the sounds that you would get in a concert hall, I think was admirable. Um, that's how you would think company should start. You see an issue, you come up with a solution and you become successful so selling that solution to that problem. And now this yeah. isn't a worldwide problem. Oh my God, we're not hearing it the way it was, you know, what way it sounded initially, but it is still an issue in that, Hey, these speakers sound terrible. Most of the speakers out there sound terrible let's create a better product and the idea of aiming at each speaker in an enclosure at a different area to try to reproduce that sound um had to have been a novel idea i would think
1: i think so i mean reading through this their first product was a failure and that was because basically the idea was ahead of its time that the measuring techniques they had for trying to calculate the sounds just weren't good enough and it was only their uh their later prop uh, product which uh, the 901 that was a big commercial success and kind of established them um in fact the 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 901 speaker was sold from 1968 all the way through to 2016 wow that so there you go that was a, a, a but I think the smart thing is that they um they've donated they donated most of the stock Bose they uh, donated most of his stock as he came towards the end of his life to MIT so um, there are uh, a majority owner yeah, so it, so it has a, it has an academic drive to it that, that isn't there for um, for other companies, and of course, you know it's not a public company, it's a private company, right. so um, that means that it's not subject to the I mean we, we, we were talking about the stock market before. one of the problems with the stock market is that institutional investors expect certain things, they expect constant growth. Uh, and um, some of those things can sometimes be in conflict with the missions of the company. They don't want to grow that fast. They don't want to diversify. They want to stick at what they're good at. Um, and it seems like it seems like that's one thing that Bose has been perhaps more successful at. They remain targeted on musical audio, um, and they have a you know a, a brand that talks about quality and engineering and sound response and that sort of thing. Whether I know a lot of people argue that Bose, Bose stuff doesn't sound as good as it claims to. Claims to, but I think part of that is is, is a little bit brand snobbery there sometimes. Well, I mean, there is that, but there is very uh, high end
0: stuff. Yeah, I also think though that it's it's a matter of opinion. What sounds good to me doesn't necessarily sound good to you. We do have different ears. Um, but yeah. that being said, I I actually. I used to really like Bose. And the reason I really liked Bose was that in, um, the late sixties, when my dad was coming back from Vietnam, uh, he stopped in Japan and while he was there, he had a layover for days. Uh, he actually picked up a pair of Bose speakers and they were quite expensive, but they were way cheaper than what he could have got here in the United States. These were three sided speakers. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, they were maybe two foot tall if that, and, you know, they had speakers in left, right and center and they sounded fantastic. Um, I mean, they were some of the best speakers I'd ever heard. And this was somebody who at the time was into audio, you know, in the mid eighties, when I really started paying attention to my dad's stereo system, he had a really good one. And, you know, I grew up listening to music on there, so I would listen to music at friends' house, and it never sounded as good as it did at home. And that was because my dad had a really high-end pair of Bose speakers. And when I started getting into audio, becoming, becoming an audiophile in the mid-'80s, kind of going right through probably the mid-'90s when I started MyMac.com, um... In fact, here I'll even go this far. I I could say that the Bose corporation and their products had a significant impact on me podcasting today. Here's how that story mm-hmm. goes. I was way into high-end audio and at one point I was saving up money I was going to buy a Porsche. As a right. you know, high school kid and you know, Porsches even then were expensive but I knew people who had older 70s Porsches and I was going to buy one. Yeah. And I had saved up a couple grand. And when you're in high school, that's a mm-hmm. lot of money. Well, I walked into an audio store and walked out with uh, a pair of speakers from Paradigm. So that's how that went. That was my Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Probably a better investment, to be honest. Uh, no, not really. I mean, I'm alive. Oh, no. So the Porsche would have definitely Yeah, killed well, me.
1: That, that's what I mean. Yeah. The, those, I would have. Those, uh, those 70s yeah. Porsches were no. um and oh, And the way I drove back yeah. then?
0: No. So I can actually tell my kids they, could, they should go buy uh, both speakers because my inspiration so like. from enjoying, didn't say my, it made them so they could be born. Otherwise, they'd never exactly, be yeah. born. Yeah. Um, so I was so into it that I wanted to become, I was, I was buying a lot of magazines and you know what I wanted. And um, I was really into reading these uh, reviews of speakers in Stereo Review Magazine. And so I wanted to become a writer for a Stereo Review, and right. well, I wanted to be a writer. Period. So that was one of the goals: either write comic books because I couldn't draw for anything, but I knew I could I could write, or at least I thought I yep. could. Or for Stereo Review magazine, and uh, to get better, to get practice, I started My Mac magazine,
1: mm-hmm. and uh, it's
0: it's you know it, I'm this. Everything we're doing right now stemmed from that decision to start MyMac. Yeah,
1: nobody's found you out yet, so. No, no
0: one's pulled the plug yet. So that, in a real world sense, I can go back to those Bose speakers that my dad picked up coming home from Vietnam. Hello, Crystal Leach. Lesh, Leach, Lesh, Lesh. She's in our uh,
1: chat room. Um, I went to school with her. Um, Still don't know how to pronounce her. Uh, last name though. I think it's she got married since no that's her
0: when I dated her that was her name all um, right
1: she must she must have fond memories if you didn't even know her uh,
0: she's um poor thing um <laughs> no it, it I, I was always into audio so when I say that I don't really like Bose speakers now It's not snobbery against the brand. I actually wish I loved them because I've got a very rich history with Bose. Yeah. My problem with Bose is the audio quality that you get from them for the amount of money you spend is not balanced. You could spend Mm -hmm. a lot less and get a lot better audio quality from their competitors, so, in some respects, like you said, you're paying for the name. Yeah. And I'm not a big believer. I'm paying for a name. You know, the same thing could be true, or and it is it true in the automotive industry, for instance? I see some oh, yeah. luxury brands that I know are just awful vehicles. They're junk. They break all the time. They have recalls all the time. Uh, quality, satisfaction, all that is just nothing people hate them when they own them yeah and they sell them for eighty thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars i'm like yeah. this is junk why would you buy this vehicle well, well yeah. you could buy this is freaking four corollas and have a way better this, you have a fleet yeah. of cars drive a different one every day
1: um no that's definitely there i mean bmw particularly in the last few years oh, has been you know bad. has been really caned on quality and yet their they prices never are still the same.
0: BMW has always had issues with it came to to mm-hmm. quality in that yeah initially they're great they get good reviews but their engines are junk they leak all the time maintaining them are super expensive um yeah. but yet the ultimate driving experience well sure for the first two yeah. months that you pull it out of the showroom floor after that they're garbage yeah. vehicles
1: uh, and then the, there are other there are brands like um i mean audi for instance uh-huh. Which is is hugely popular, very very highly priced, and yet basically they're no different than Volkswagen. They've got a slightly better interior, that's all, but it doesn't justify the price. And then a Volkswagen itself is probably not much better than a than an equivalent Japanese car.
0: No, I would I would say it's probably a little less. Well, they're getting better yeah. now. Um, going back to our Wikipedia entry this week, Bose. Yeah. Uh, what gets me as you go up and what their revenue in for fiscal year 2020 was $3.6 billion. So they're doing something right. I think a lot of their profits, and I, I'm i not looking into this with an eye on seeing, you know, how much money they're making and in what segment, but I would bet you um, the majority of their profits come with come from their um, audio products in vehicles. And what I mean by that Uh, is these agreements with companies like um, GM, that the high-end vehicles are using Bose products. That's probably where they're making the majority of their money.
1: It's not from headphones or
0: home speakers.
1: No. No it's probably not even from the uh margins on the speakers themselves it's from the licensing deals to allow oh um, yeah no question those companies to have the bose name in because they know that just like with the with the headphones in the airport yeah the bose name is, is attractive to to buyers with lots of money and yes. so if you if you have a luxury vehicle ideally you would have a um, you want to have a brand name on the on the stereo and the speakers to make people think that it's high quality rather than just having the man- manufacturer's name on there.
0: Well, and and they are correct in some regards. If you listen to stock GM speakers compared to the Bose system in the GM vehicles, there's a huge difference. There really is. Yeah. Same thing with, you know, I sell Toyota. Um, our high-end audio is JBL. There are a huge difference between the stock speakers and the JBL systems. Um, yeah. You know, it's just... Now, is that because they're purposely making crappy speakers and manufacturers to push people towards the high end brand? Maybe. Um, But regardless of of why, that's where Bose is making their money. I'm sure that's where, excuse me, that's where JBL is making their money. Uh, And I don't, you know, that's smart business as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to buy a used vehicle and one has a JBL or a Bose system in it and one doesn't, I'm seriously going to be tempted to go to the one with the Bose. Yeah. Because they do sound a lot better. And for the majority of the people out there who aren't like me, they're not going to replace the speakers in a the car. They, whatever it comes with, that's what they're going to use. Um, for me, if it sounds like crap, I'm going to replace the speakers. I don't care how new the car is. Ugh, this sounds terrible. I'm going to get a better spare, pair of speakers. Yeah,
1: there's a, there's a lot of people, though, who, who, like you say, have no interest whatsoever in, in having aftermarket stuff put in their vehicle. They just don't want the uh, the insides ripped out, right? So, what are um, you? I've got, uh, a feeling, I've got a feeling mine has mine has Bose speakers in, though uh, I've never really looked. It, it does sound pretty good, um, but uh, yeah, that's one of the things I think that Bose did do well, uh, and I think this does go to their uh, engineering skills, is that is that. When they came up with noise cancellation for their headphones, I mean, for me- we talked about this before. Yep. For many, many years, the actual noise cancellation part of the was headphone really experience was, was so much better than anybody else in the market. And they're the ones I mean, that really popularized spooky. that
0: idea. They didn't come up with the technology. No. Know? We've had noise cancellation technology for decades. But Bose was the company using their own proprietary tech To incorporate it in a pair of headphones and give you the ability, especially if you're, you know, flying. I mean, that's the big place where you really find out why you want noise cancellation, noise canceling headphones. When you're on a plane and you get that constant drone, even with headphones on, you can still hear it. Yeah. I mean, you can almost feel it. Bo's system of canceling out that sound, so you only hear the music. I mean, it's just an inverse uh, audio wave to cancel it out. Um, actually, you say worked.
1: just. I mean, it's actually quite a difficult thing to do. Well, I say You've just, take- but
0: yeah, you have to listen to the sound, you have to process the sound, you have to give the negative inverse uh, wave of that yeah. audio uh, to effectively. You're you're canceling it the name of the technology is exactly what it does it cancels that sound out in your ears um it's it is kind of amazing when you think about it but and they don't put it in cars from my understanding because that can cause problems
1: (laughs) uh well they do they do put it in cars to a certain extent i've 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 driven several cars that claim to have that i mean my infinity apparently had that system in to help reduce road noise um if it did it didn't work very well because there was still plenty of road noise in my infinity um but you know there are plenty of high again higher end cars that claim to have noise cancellation of, to some degree but you're right you can't cancel everything out because then that'd be dangerous right um, but imagine how quickly technology
0: lot- has to work in that how fast is a sound wave getting to your ears you know, yep. if you clap your hands and you're wearing a pair of noise-canceling headphones, you can usually hear it, unless the music's quite loud. But it is muffled. Yeah. Um, the technology the, those, isn't... It? Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Those systems are, are optimized, though, for the for the lower frequencies, the background-type noises, rather than necessarily, right. um, you know, speech and stuff. I think that's one of the problems, is a lot of people buying them expect it to cancel everything out. And then and they go, can't. Ah, I'm on the plane, I can hear a baby crying still. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's that you know, droning, I,
0: repetitive noise that they're really good about canceling out.
1: Yeah, I always, I always think when people say that, you know, I always think we well, should take the headphones off and put them on the baby because that probably stopped the baby crying.
0: Yeah, or but, on its face. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I tried that <laughs> once. Like, the lady got really mad at me. She
1: claimed yeah. it couldn't breathe. I'm like, it can breathe. Yeah, it's, it's like, just, it's like, just my it's not, hand. It's not clo- Yeah, it's not a closed back headphone. There's a little bit of oxygen getting in there. So, anything else going on
0: in the world other
1: than Amazon's Jeff Bezos?
0: Now he's not leaving the company. You know, I saw no. some misreporting. reporting he's he's taking a seat on the board, and this is becoming more and more common. When in in fact, this is kind of what Steve Jobs was doing towards the end, uh, when he kind of handed the reins over to Tim Cook at Apple. No. Um, it's a way for the founder or um, the person who got them where they are to yeah. stay active in the company without having day-to-day responsibilities of running said company. And I th- oh, also yeah. think it's a way to keep investors – this is like the investing show uh, – investors um, with not freaking out that, oh, my God, the company is going downhill. Jeff Bezos is yeah. leaving. He was the driving force of this company. Sell, sell, sell. Um, I think that, you know, when, when they came out the press release uh, – jeff bezos basically said he wants to um stay active with the company uh but he has other pursuits that he wants to do and he's 100 percent right and he even called out yeah. stuff like the washington post um mm-hmm.
1: I, Blue origin I, as well Blue as origin, space company yep, but,
0: yeah which has kind of fallen to the wayside as far as in the minds of a lot of people because they haven't really done a whole lot lately
1: well, you know what? I think the difference between Blue Origin and, and um, SpaceX. SpaceX is is the difference between Elon Musk and uh, Jeff Bezos is that Elon Musk is, is a very self-promotional guy. He likes to say crazy things on Twitter. He likes to, you know, um, promise big and fail hard. Um, and then when he fails, he says, well, I've learned something from that. We're moving on. Whereas I think Blue Origin is very much more of a... We're just going to knuckle down, do the work, and get it done. Um, and I think what will happen is over the next few years, maybe as part of this thing, is you will see and hear much more about Blue Origin. They just haven't been as a, as vastly aggressive at um, at getting getting stuff into orbit as SpaceX has. It's a just just a different approach. I I think the difference is Blue Origin don't ever want to have. The situation where there's a whole load of cameras on there, uh, the spaceship goes up and then comes down and explodes in a ball of flame. I think Blue Origin want to have engineered out that system before they start. Whereas um, Elon Musk just sees that as the price of moving forward. Elon, Um, who do you think is different approach?
0: Who who do you think is a better technologist?
1: Elon Musk? I, I don't think. Or Jeff Bezos? I don't think. I don't think Elon Musk is particularly a technologist. I think he's an ideas guy. He doesn't. Um, so he Jeff doesn't Ezos. come up with this. Yeah, but I, I think um, as an example of that, I would a say, lot of
0: people think of Amazon as the company that sells stuff online. That is actually not where Amazon makes no. their money. Amazon makes no, their money in the service. backbone at, of the internet. So many yeah. of the services that you use, including a lot of the Apple stuff, is using Amazon's web services. That's where and, they make yeah. their money. And Jeff Bezos and, and recognized that way early, way, way early. Oh, he
1: did, yeah. And the guy's promoted to take his place. And it's usually as, rock solid. Uh, as CEO is mm-hmm. the guy who runs Amazon Web Services. So that tells you everything you need to know about how important that is to the company.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, they could close their retail doors tomorrow and Amazon would be just fine as a company. I mean, yeah. there'd be a lot of people out of work. Because most of the people yeah. that Amazon actually employs... Are warehouse workers and stuff like that. Yeah. It's not the web engineers and.
1: Oh, well, I, I thought I thought that's why Jeff Bezos stepped down as CEO because he knows that Amazon needs extra delivery drivers. So well, he, that's it's only he's on gonna, Thursdays and, he's
0: pursuing and Fridays.
1: When you pursuing other interests, that's what he's going to be doing. He's going to be delivering parcels.
0: Yeah, just only on Thursdays and Fridays. You got to, got to see. This is what happens when you don't yeah. read the press release, David. You get it wrong. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but when Blue Origin has finally got its stuff together, then he'll be delivering parcels on Thursday and Friday by spaceship. By spaceship. <laughs>
0: um, I don't think that this is bad news for Amazon at any level. In fact, I think it's probably good news for everyone long-term because I want a Jeff Bezos whose long-term view of things I think is way better than an, an Elon Musk. Um Yeah. He understands how critically important the behind-the-scenes stuff, the not, not the sexy stuff, is to the success of products and companies. Um, yeah. I think he's probably better at it than even Steve Jobs was because Steve Jobs was always looking at the consumer experience and the buyer. Yeah. Um, and you know, you go back to when Steve Jobs was still I-CEO, if you will, and how awful their web services were. How awful the backbone of, um, you know, storing your stuff online was that he didn't really care about the services aspects, the digital services aspects, as he did the flashy plastic um, product that he's got in front of the consumer. Jeff Bezos was concerned about both. And you could tell by where that company went, where the majority of their resources went, which is the backbone.
1: I think I think one the yeah, I mean there's a very good comparison that one of the things that Apple even today still struggles with is doing too many things at once whereas Jeff Bezos is apparently a master at that because Amazon does so many things he's well, been running it's it not all. just
0: Amazon though I mean because the Washington Post for instance they're no, more popular well, yeah. than they've been in a, probably since Watergate I mean yeah. they are extremely doing they're doing extremely well um, and I think that's kind of the the future of news it's It's not an independent company who is relying on advertising to succeed. You're going to need someone like a Jeff Bezos behind it for it to succeed because the ad revenue simply isn't there. But we need independent media news
1: more than ever. More
0: than ever, and we, you know, we we just went through, you know, uh, the whole fake news thing, and yeah. Yeah, anyways, let's not talk about politics. Um let's try to try to stay on our in our lane. Um <laughs> I think that him leaving Amazon isn't a bad thing at all. And no. I don't think he's gonna have a whole lot to do with Amazon anymore, regardless of him sitting on the board. They may trot him out to investors occasionally, but I think he I think he's bored with it to be honest. I think he wants to move on well, to something new. Yeah.
1: I'm sure I'm sure he does and, and I, I think, you know, it reflects a mature approach to say you know i want to focus on these other things that's what that's what kind of gets me out of bed in the morning the advantage amazon has is because he's still associated with them if things go south for amazon under the under a new leadership bezos is there and he'll be able to come back if he needs to
0: yep i think that amazon though is a um, self-correcting ship at this point if you will i think that uh blue origin could definitely use some more of the jeff bezos magic to Get to
1: are they more successful than SpaceX? I have no idea. Um, No, I don't think they are because they're not launching. They're not launching in space like SpaceX is. SpaceX, to be fair, is making a lot of money from these NASA contracts now. Yeah, and what they've achieved in a very short period of time is quite amazing because they've built several launch systems in the time it's taken uh, NASA to fail to build one new launch system that was made up of existing components. So um SpaceX really is I mean y- you might you might not agree with the ethos of of Elon Musk's you know let it fail we learn from the failures type approach like it iterate fail learn and move on but it it does work um, it does. and it appears to be fairly cost successful it cost you know um cost beneficial let's say, because he's managed to get a, an up-and-running, reliable space system very, very quickly in the time, you know, he, it's not taken... Yeah, I think it only took SpaceX probably five years more than the Apollo program to get to where they are today on private money for yeah. a fraction of the cost. So, um, yeah, that is, uh, that is well, quite, but, a, quite mean, an achievement. I
0: mean, they didn't have to invent the technology at the same time, like nasa had had to do with the Apollo program that's a little bit disingenuous because yeah a lot of the engineering 95 percent of the engineering has been done for spacex on the back of what nasa has done before and the russian space uh, agency and the i mean a lot
1: of that was already done now they're putting their own spit and shine Uh, on it and and reusable stuff but I think the reusable stuff. I think that's a bit of an underplay. The reason nobody yeah. had done reusable before is most people thought it couldn't be done affordably, and SpaceX has managed to demonstrate they can, right. and it's reliable, it's safe. So I think that's their real achievement. You're right, rockets themselves are are not, but it's the it's the ability to land and refurbish these things is yep. is their real kind of game changer. Um, and uh, you know, and and also as well, to be fair to uh, NASA. There's been an awful lot of public money pumped I, into SpaceX by contracts. That's,
0: so. that's the first time I've ever seen your dog.
1: Hello, Ollie. Hello.
0: Ollie doesn't he's care not, what you're annoying. saying. He's like, yeah, whatever.
1: Not at the moment, yeah. I
0: think there's turkey up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I've got something for you. What the heck was it? Something, something for you to watch. I watched something on Netflix, and uh, I wasn't expecting to it looked like one of those shows i was thinking yeah this is probably going to be like yeah and it was actually really good what the heck the name of it was now gosh darn it i cannot find it it's a gosh darn it yes gosh darn it. that's that's the name of it um <laughs> man it's something space trash hauler or something oh there it is uh space sweepers right um chasing after space debris and faraway dreams in the year 2092 four misfit unearth explosive secrets during an attempted trade of a wide-eyed humanoid so it i i thought this is going to be not very good but i'll give it a shot it was actually really good yeah. i really enjoyed yeah. it yeah uh they bring out a lot of the same tropes that you're going to find other places but man i I gotta be honest with you the uh the cgi stuff like that on there wow it was first rate i mean it was just fantastic the uh they got a robot who's kind of reminds me of that robot from uh rogue one kind of has that little bit of that kind of personality that was well done um at first the the you don't think the characters have much depth but as the movie goes on they really do um I really enjoyed the movie. I think I think you might enjoy it too. This is a uh, this is Korean production, yeah. Yeah, and some of the characters actually speak English, and the other ones who don't that speak Korean, they overdub yeah. their voices, but they do it in a way that's really well done. Um, I I really enjoyed it. It was it's it's quite good. It's one that I would definitely yeah. suggest if you like sci-fi. Check it out. It's a good movie. S- Space yeah. sweepers on Amazon.
1: Yeah, it was released in uh, Korea. Actually, it was called Victory, which I think is the name of the ship in the in the show. It is, um, um,
0: but I think Space Sweepers is an awful name.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. But
0: if they call it what, Victory here, which did, we would think it was a soccer movie.
1: Yeah. Did you watch the um, the Space Force show that Amazon did?
0: You got to bring your video back up, man. If we're going to do a video, you can't yeah, behind so, yourself.
1: Yeah, no, my but my battery, my iPad's nearly dead. That's why. Ah. Um. Did you see the Space Force show that they did? I on, watched three the episodes, Carell?
0: and it was so awful. I had to stop <laughs> watching it, and 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 do the flashy thingy from Men in Black to make myself forget that I ever watched it. <laughs> it's <an> awful <laughs> uh, you show. Know,
1: I I stuck with it, and it got better as it went along. It it kind of had its own kind of sweet charm to it. Um, it was awful. No, there's head shaking going on. So it's it's and awful. There you go.
0: Here's my problem. With shows like this, that they're this big government agency, there's like eight people that you ever see. It's yeah. stupid. I, It's the dumbest show I've seen in a long time. And that's saying something. I love Steve Carell. I really do. Yeah, That show is awful. Okay. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. We would uh, love to get feedback from you guys. Simple to do. Simply send an email to the show at techfanpodcast.com or go to techfampodcast.com or mymac.com and leave a message in the comment section and we'll read it right here on the show. You can also find us on both Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Come back next week and we will be broadcasting as we record Geek's Pub live on Facebook. Uh, Eventually, we'll put it on Facebook and YouTube. So if you want to see our ugly faces as we record the show, that's where to do it. Uh, And it's going to be exactly the same show because... I do no editing, none David sends me the mp3 of his audio file I line him up in GarageBand and hit export Well on TechFan <laughs> I do put in uh, an outro music But other than that, same show You can actually see us discuss it live Whatever we're talking about And you can join in on the conversation in the chat room Guy Searle was putting some stuff up there um, We did zero promotion And I think at one point we had four whole viewers I don't expect it to be a big thing ever. And it's actually being shared to my profile. So, yeah. You know, if you follow me on Facebook, you'll be notified when we go live. Um and it is at 7:30 in the morning on Sundays. So, 7:30 in the morning, you might have to wake up a little early, especially if you're on the West Coast, it's really early. Um Yeah. Definitely don't start watching if you're tired. Um, because we have heard from reliable sources that it inspires narcolepsy.
1: Yeah. Definitely don't start watching if you're tired and driving. Oh, my God. Because Are you kidding me? that
0: would me? be wrong. On- <laughs> that federal investigations would have already started. Yeah. We'd have exactly. abandoned China by now. Um, yeah. So we'd love to get feedback from you guys. Hit us up. Let us know if you want to join us one of these days. We can do that as well. Uh, uh, But if we're going to keep doing the video stuff, they're going to have to join us on Facebook as well so we can do the video thing. Um, David, fun episode. Thanks for coming on. Speak to you later. Bye. Bye.